Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, December 7th, December 7th. 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 151, the second paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph only, which begins with, the less people tolerated us, and ends with, will understand. Today's readers are Valerie B, Katie G, Craig F, and Kathy S. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, December 6, 2021 are 18,193 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 18,193, and 18,194 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 18194. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Valerie B. to read the OA 12 steps. Hello, this is Valerie B. from Maryland. Um, I'm reading uh, the 12 steps. We had, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, can I be heard? Hello? Hello? Valerie, you can be heard. I just had to unmute to get to you to answer that. You are loud and clear. I probably took too long to okay, tell her thank that. You. Yeah, we okay, can hear you. you. Okay, great. Uh, two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him, understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, 
admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Valerie B. I will now ask Katie G to read the OA 12 Traditions. Hey, Rebecca, Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Katie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to approximate uh, to the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 151, which begins with, the less people tolerated us and ends with, will understand. I will now ask Craig F. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. Thank you. This is Craig F. and I'm uh, recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself, and we became subjects of King Alcohol, shivering denizens of its mad realm, of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that his loneliness settled down. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out sordid places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Momentarily we did, then would come oblivion, and the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. Unhappy readers, unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. What a uh, horrific but true picture of uh, being in the disease. Uh, the uh, uh, One of the words that I zeroed in on right away was tolerated us. You know, so many <clears throat> kind and wonderful people have tolerated me. You know, they 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 tolerate my presence. Uh, you know, I, I'm still uh, in the process of uh, of recovering physically. It just takes a long time, especially at my age. And you know, people tolerate me. I've broken chairs. Uh, I've uh, certainly uh, been, uh, you know tolerated at people's homes and and I just hate that you know I'd rather certainly I'd rather be welcomed and thought of as being a you know a part of the life at least of the party uh, of being um, uh, you know a contributor when it comes to doing the work and doing the cleanup uh, rather than being you know too big to be in the way you know and and, and but people have tolerated me and they're and they're Kind and they've earned great stars for that. And, and the four horsemen that that you know, we we I I I should say I not we but um, we I, I've uh, certainly eaten in the past in order to make myself um, not feel the embarrassment I felt at being who I was and what I was. I've eaten before not usually during because i didn't want to I, I didn't want to let people see me eat you know i thought uh i guess i was hoping they'd think i was that way by mistake <laughs> not because i overate and uh, uh and, and eaten after in order to uh, uh in order not to feel uh that that feeling of just being tolerated and not being um, a part of the uh the situation and you know my behavior my my character defects have made me be uh, apart from instead of a part of uh, before as well uh, those four horsemen terror bewilderment frustration and despair the 
four horsemen of the Bible are were the white horse was conquest, the red horse was uh, had the power to take peace, uh, the black horse brought justice and the scales of justice, and the pale horse, the final horse, brought death, and and uh, you know it's just a description of the process of of the uh, uh, progression of this disease, and it does progress. You know, untreated, the disease, it gets worse and worse and worse. It is permanent, it's progressive, and it's fatal. And uh, and it continues to come after me, even as I am in recovery. It continues to come after me, and I continue to have to do more and more uh, to uh, to outpace it, to, uh, to, to reach towards heaven in order to stay out of hell and uh, that's the hell on this earth uh, that is this um, uh, king denizen that is this uh, hell created by food and and compulsive overeating and so uh, with that I think my time must be up and so with that I'm going to pass thank you thank you Craig F Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 151, The Less People Tolerated Us Through Will Understand, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Jackie B. from the Bronx. Rick J. Rick J. Yeah. Kelly S. Kelly. Jackie S. B. Jackie B. Wait, Jackie B. I got you already. Or okay, thank you. Oh, no, okay. that's me. Thanks. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Who else? I have Jackie, Rick, and Elizabeth Tom D. A. Tom A. Elizabeth, Elizabeth B. Was it? D. April B. D. D. And Tom A. And did, was there a third person or just Elizabeth D. and Tom A? April B. Oh, April B. I thought maybe there was a third person. Okay, why don't we stop there? Jackie B., Rick J., Kelly S., Elizabeth D., Tom A., and April B. Jackie B., go right ahead. Jackie, can't hear you. Got a unmute. Hi, it's Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you. Um, I what do you call it? For me, um, the devastation of my disease was unbelievable. I lied. I cheated. Um, there was nothing that could stand in my way. Not a not a newborn baby that I had, not my marriage, not my work. Um, A lot of times I would, you know, get into such moods after such a binge that, you know, I would start crying and start, you know, wanting my husband to, to, you know, fix it. Um, But nobody could. I would say things, do things that, you know what, I asked for forgiveness 
but it was just, you know, it was all a lie because the next time I was going to do it again and do it again and do it again. You know, it's doing the same thing and, and wanting different results. It wasn't until I was willing and able to accept that I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm going to wake up in the morning a compulsive overeater. I'm going to go to bed as a compulsive overeater. And with that, the only treatment for me, and that's only for me, is working these steps. That's reading the big book for me. I I read everything of OA, but the big book is where I get the knowledge that I have a disease. And if I keep ingesting those ingredients, I'm going to still be obsessed with the food. And if I'm still obsessed with the food, I can't think about how to, you know, be a human being. It's when I put down the food and then start working these steps. I have to be willing to admit who I am. I have to admit that I am not God. And then I need a power greater than myself to work this program. And then clean the wreckage of my life so that when I go forward, I have an experience, strength, and hope to give to others while I amend what I've done and really be sincere about it and really ask God to lift. For me, it's God. It could be anything for anyone higher than themselves. But ask for help to, to, to be able to say, I don't got this. Please, I have these defects of character that I need a daily reprieve from. Help me. Put them aside so that I can be of service to others. Share it. Give it. Learn it. That's what my program is about today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Hello? Oh, oh, good morning. Hi, it's Rebecca Beck. Uh, Rick J., go right ahead. Oh, hi, Rebecca. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Sorry about that. I do hear you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your service, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, what's really hit me, um, you know, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. You know, and I, I think about that, and, and it ties in for me um, – those words of, of Bill back on page eight, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quick sand stretched around me in all directions. I admit my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master, you know, and, and again, it's it's talking about, you know, we became subjects of King Alcohol, shivering denizens of his mad realm. <laughs> he knows how to get some words out there. I tell you, I love his descriptive writing, and it really um, really hits me and I can relate to it so much. And that, you know, that loneliness for me, you know, that, um, you know, ever becoming black or that was me, you know, receding more and more, you know, beyond human aid, you know, just alone in the dark with the disease that wants to kill me and, and being cut off from the sunlight of the spirit, from the connection with, other people with love and you know and that is um, a horrible place to be it really is and and I love that in the vision for you the chapter you know it's it's reminding us where we all came from because we've gone through you know as we've gone through um, 
you know, we, we are hitting, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the steps and we're getting in, we got into the 10, 11 and 12 and we're, you know, we're out there now, we're reconnecting with our higher power. We get disconnected. We're strengthening that contact with our higher power. We're carrying this message to other people, you know, and, and we're having a spiritual awakening and, you know, we're having these adventures in the fourth dimension. But as we look at a vision for you, you know, it's important for me to remember where I came from. And as I'm carrying my message and as I'm going about my day, I need to remember where I came from. I do not want to go back to be alone in the dark. And a shout out to my Abby who shone a light for me. You know, that light, when it was shining and I was alone in the dark, you know, that was like the most beautiful light I had ever seen. And, and I, I really wanted what this person had. I really didn't want to stay in the dark anymore. And I want to shine a light for other people. Because they're alone in the dark. You know, they're experiencing this. I don't have to live this way anymore, but there's other people that are in that loneliness and despair and cut off and alone and hopeless. I think if I would add one more to those uh, horsemen, it would be that hopelessness. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rick J. Kelly S. Hey guys, it's Kelly S. Hey Rebecca, thanks for your service. Kelly S. Recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful, so grateful for this very healthy OA meeting. I'm just already hearing so much great stuff in this paragraph. Um, I just wanted to say it was uh, interesting when Craig shared, and then also Rick when he talked. They both said something that really stood out to me. And Craig said this paragraph uh, talking about being in the disease. He didn't say it talked about being in the food. And um, Rick said the same thing, you know, this is about our disease because it's not about the food. And it took me three decades in these rooms to understand that and listening to you guys going through this book to understand, you know, I just still want it to be about the food. We have to put the food down to get busy because what this paragraph is talking to me about is um, – you know, how I was seeking, uh, we sought sorted places. So, yeah, maybe they're talking about bars and stuff like that, but I I sought all kinds of sorted places in every way, not just with food. I've tried everything, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, relationships, you name it, Um, and they all worked for a while. But I didn't know what I was seeking. I was looking for ease and comfort and everything, everything, you know, and, and none of it was working. It worked for a little bit, not very long, as you guys know. And, you know, it was like, um, that loneliness that it talked about, the bill described that, that Rick just said, I'm um, read for us, you know, that was a loneliness that I thought I was, you know, alone in, a <laughs> loneliness of aloneness. You know, it was so totally unique. I always felt like that separation that I hear other people share. And that's why we need to share that on the line to the newcomer, the person still suffering, that there's a way out of that loneliness today. You know, that king alcohol, that was my God. My God was my food, my compulsive eating, my bulimia, my weight, my uh, everything, you, you name it. You know, right now I still struggle with, you know, my God being what other people think of me. You know, it's like looking for other ways for validation, for things to make me feel better. You know, and I didn't know for years and years and years in these rooms that the only way to find that even comfort is through a higher power. So I got to put down these, my food, and I got to get busy. And this vision for you is going to tell us all the promises we have. 
So if you're struggling today, you're in relapse, you know what? You're not alone. There's a lot of us out there. And, you know, I'm grateful today to be almost nine months of recovered abstinence from a relapse. And, you know, there is a solution. It's right here in this book. So you've got to put down the food. And we don't have to keep waking up to these four horsemen. We all know that feeling. We don't have to even talk about it anymore because that's how I lived for almost 50 years, waking up every day in that awful, awful despair, you know, that jumping off place, couldn't imagine life with or without the food. And today I'm so grateful that I have a solution, that I have a higher power, and I don't wake up in that place of despair anymore. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Kelly S. Elizabeth D. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thank you for your service. Um, I'm so grateful to be reading this today because it's it's really important. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. My name's Elizabeth D. And I am so grateful to be reading these words, as I said, because I need to be reminded where I where I came from. I love this chapter uh, for doing that for me. Um, what sticks out for me is this: the less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. Um, I got to tell you, this disease took years of my life. Um, I remember weekends when I was in my 30s and 40s, you know, I would be trying desperately with this white knuckle dieting during the week. And then on Friday, you know, I would say, oh, you know, I'll go back to my diet on Monday. And I would go out and I would buy all my binge foods, bring it into the house and then, and, and along with my binge foods, I went to the video store and I would buy all kinds of videos, all different sorts of things to entertain me while I was eating in secret in my apartment with the shades drawn and, um, and not answering the telephone. And I would spend weekend after weekend after weekend in that way, um, eating my binge foods and watching other people on the TV screen have a life. And that was what I did for years. And this word, this chilling vapor, I, I mean, I love the language here because it just, it just captures how that felt. Um, thank God, you know, that chilling vapor was the sort of gray that my life became. My life became so, so like focused in on just a few things, just a few things that I did and that was it. And that was my, how I used food, and um, and I was so lonely, and yet I was I was living this way for years and years and years. By the grace of my higher power, um, I have found a new way to live. And today, I can tell you that I'm living my life out of the gray. My life is technicolor today. There are so many people. There are experiences in real life that I'm having that. I wouldn't trade for a moment of that blackness. And, you know, and I've had relapses along along the way. And the moment I pick up the food, it is amazing how quickly my life then goes right back down to that narrow gray place. That is what food does to me. And it is it is cunning, baffling, and powerful. The only solution I have found and gratefully, it's a solution that takes me right into the sunlight of the spirit is, a, is entire abstinence and a relationship with a higher power of my understanding. 
and I'm so grateful to be reminded today of how small and how lonely my life can become when I'm in the food. Thank you. And yet today I choose God and I choose this technicolor life and I'm so grateful and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Tom A is next, but I figure some of you may have gotten late and don't know what we're sharing on, so I'll tell you it we're on 151 in the big book, the second paragraph, the less people tolerated us. Go ahead, Tom A. Thanks for waiting. Uh, good morning. Tom A. from uh, Greenbelt, Maryland, recovered uh, compulsive eater. I'm. Uh, this is one of my uh, chapters that got my attention when I came to the 12-step programs. It, it uh, sort of summed up my life. And, uh, you know, it, it, as others have said, it's sometimes it's easy after a number of years and some progress and spiritual growth to forget to talk about this. Uh, I was on a meeting with a newcomer yesterday and I was describing sort of a couple of low bottom moments for myself. Uh, One where I had a butcher knife out trying to hack something that was frozen so I could eat it. And I cut myself in uh, a pretty serious way, just trying to, to get to the food. Another time where I, we'd had a, holiday party around this time of the year in my office and I had a little conference room in my office and I went in the next morning and everything was still there uh, kind of left over and ruined and I just started right up again and uh, you know I'm, I'm a compulsive eater and I have other addictions and I'm grateful to my higher power that uh, we each get this we, we all are different many and varied but we all suffer from this, this emotional uh, depth. It, it was the emotional pain that brought me to OA. I just, I'd been on three diets. I'd lost 80 pounds three times. And I just couldn't face the shame of going de- up, back up again. I, I just, people look at you and, the, the, uh, and it just it triggers terror, bewilderment, frustration, and, and despair. I, and to learn that my disease started when I was very young and, and, and I was terrorized. I, I, I just was not safe. And that the terror began very early. I didn't call it terror. I just didn't feel like I fit in. Uh, I was bewildered. I didn't know what to do. I was bewildered until I got here. And I was bewildered when I, came, when I was here for a number of years. Uh, slowly, I, I see that the power is in these 12 steps. Uh, I get frustrated still because I expect life to to go my way. I expect things to happen. I've been on a run for the last couple of months where uh, high-level things are not going my way, and I'm beginning to think the higher power doesn't like me anymore and what's happening. Yesterday, I got a – my wife and I got a check in the mail saying that uh, we, we hadn't cashed a check uh, and they were going to reissue the check for us that would help us with some short-term financial problems. And it's like, wow, uh, higher power, you should, it's like a light show every day. There's something new. And I realized this morning, I, I, I feel good because of that, but I also I feel good. Yep. Because I worked with a newcomer last night and I shared about the, this depth of, of despair that we, we come out of. And um, 
grateful not to be in despair and to hate the holidays and hate myself anymore. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tom A. April B., and then we'll take more names for sharing. Hi, uh, this is April B. from Chicago. And uh, I really want to uh, thank everyone for their service and for the shares so far. Um, I think this is a really great uh, paragraph. Um, I think that, um, you know, even when, when I was abstinent for years, I still had the disease. And um, I, I had a very miserable life. But I was abstinent, so I, I felt really good about that. Um, but uh, I was very lonely. And I felt really, I had a really difficult time uh, with day-to-day life. And I felt apart from other people. I didn't feel that I was uh, a part of any group, really. And um, I didn't feel that I could relate to other people, and other people didn't feel they could, I don't think other people felt they could relate to me either. And uh, I think that really the problem was I, I didn't have my relationship with my higher power. No, I had worked a number of the steps, and I came to meetings, I had a sponsor, but I, I was still not really in touch with my higher power, and that was a major deficit for me. So I, I, felt, uh, I, I felt alone, and I felt, I felt terror. I felt bewilderment, and I felt despair. And now that I I have uh, a much much better, uh, stronger uh, contact with my higher power, I have I feel that I have better and stronger contact with other people on a daily basis, and I I feel much better. So I feel that the program has has really helped me uh, tremendously. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, April B. Okay, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph in page 151 in the big book, the less people tolerated us through will understand Please press star one to unmute and state first name and last initial. Linda D. Donna M. Debbie Dana S. Donna, wait one second. Linda D. Donna M. There was someone before Tina S. Who was that? Larry G. Edini M. Larry G. Nancy P. I was before. Larry J. Okay, I think we've got uh, everybody. I just don't write fast enough. Okay, so here's who I have. Linda D., Donna M., Larry G., Tina S., Irini M., I think it is, and Nancy P., I think it is. Go ahead, Linda D. 
I said Devorah S. Devorah, I'll put you down, but I don't think we're going to have time. We'll see how it goes. Linda D., go right ahead. Linda, we can't hear you. Sorry. Hi, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. Can you hear me okay? Now we hear you. Okay. Third try, it's a charm. Linda D. from Connecticut, and I am very thrilled and happy to be um, part of Overeaters Anonymous and to be recovered. You know, um, in my experience of this program, I've been here a while, um, love is the glue that holds the world together, the whole world, the globe, and I know where to go for it. I have to go to God. The very last word I ever wanted to hear, because I just wanted to be thin and gorgeous and young and perfect. Not one of those goals is worthwhile for those reasons. I found um, a higher power through this program, through these steps, through all you people. I stand literally on the shoulders of all you people. I'm so grateful to have a relationship with God, to love God, to love myself, and to love you. I may not like me at times, or I may not like another person at times, but I always, always wish me well and keep trying. And I pray for people, whether I like them or not, and I mean it because I don't want anybody to suffer. Hideous is the word that jumps out at me. I don't want any more hideous. I want out of hell. And this program is the way out of hell through a higher power that I can today call God because I came as an atheist and couldn't have cared less, but I sure as heck care now. Thank you, God, and thank you, people. Bye. I pass. Thanks, Linda D. Donna M. Donna M. We can't hear you. you. Need to unmute your. May I be phone. heard? Now we hear you, Donna M. Go right ahead. Great. I'm Donna M. from Toronto, Canada. I'm grateful to be on the line to share today, and um, it's important for me to remember what relapse felt like. Um, and I've been there, and I've been there many times. I'm grateful to be a relapse survivor today. Uh, uh, a term I've heard members use before. Um, the four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. It talks about, um, and I need to remember what that was like so that today I'm willing to, to take the actions needed one day at a time so I can stay recovered. Um, you know, I remember the loneliness and the despair. Um, and I remember in 2010 um, when uh, I had left program for a year and a half and, and my poor, bewildered husband 
Um, he didn't know what to do with me. And he drove me to um, to a meeting. He drove me back to a meeting. Um, but even when I came back, I still wasn't um, still wasn't ready to take the actions. You know, I'd come back because I felt despair. Um, but I wasn't willing to do the actions, and I'm grateful today that I am willing to do the actions so I can live in the sunlight of the Spirit today. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Donna M. Larry G. Good morning. My name is Larry G. I'm from California. Uh, thank you for your service. Oh wow, this is uh, this this paragraph sends chills down my spine, and the, the word that pops out to me is despair. To me, despair is the end. I, I first of all am in a state of frustration. Then I move into um, I move into resignation. Then finally, despair. Um, it's the worst. And I when I read this book, I know that this book was written by someone like me. I know this book wasn't handed off to a committee and then the committee hired a ghostwriter. Um, you know, I really relate to Bill uh, and uh, this this uh, paragraph is chilling to me. Uh, about two years ago, before I got into uh, A Vision for You and became abstinent, I remember one particular morning I woke up uh, hungover from the night before and I had one of those Tony Robbins quality frothy emotional appeals. But by 8 o'clock, I was in the food. And I'll just describe the state of mind I was in. was like I hadn't showered in four or five days. I was wearing the largest pair of sweatpants I had with food stains on the sweatshirt. And I'd wrap up this blanket, lay on the couch, and I'd watch these mindless videos. And I remember one day uh, a group of people came walking by. We have this house. It's in Midtown. It's a, it's a high-water bungalow, so you can look out. And these people were walking, laughing, having fun. The sun started to come out. I remember the state of despair that uh, that here I am holed up in this house. Life is happening outside, and I I have uh, lost the ability to white knuckle it. The next thing I did is I got in my car and I go to this uh, grocery store and I get around ten fifteen thousand calories worth of food. And I'm eating this food. I get more videos. That was what my day looked like, um, and I had lost the ability to make any kind of changes. I was going to probably one meeting a week. And I was not talking about this because I had so much shame. Um, today, I popped out of bed this morning. I did 11 step. I'm on this call. Uh, I'm going to the gym, have a moderate workout for about an hour, an hour and a half. I'm going to come home, spend some time with my wife before she leaves, text in you know, three moderate meals, and then be of service to people in my business, that I, clients I have, be of service to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Uh, that's going to be my day. Uh, and thank you, Vision, for, for this is what you've done to me. Uh, I have a life today. And that's what I think a vision is for you. Is I, My sponsor, um, when I first got sober in Alcoholics Anonymous in 1981, said, Larry, I want you to go out there and live your life. I don't want to see you hanging around the Al-Anon clubs or you know, hanging out with the old-timers and drinking coffee and talking about the uh, war stories. I want to see you go out there and make something out of your life. And today, I'm living my life. Uh, I'm living my dream. And I've got, it's not my life. It's a life that's been granted by God. Uh, And I believe this is, to me, the message of the vision for you is, Larry, 
you know, do something meaningful, give service, give back. Right. And, um, and I, I'm doing that today. And I thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Larry G. Tina S. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. You know, and I wasn't going to share this morning because I'm working, but, you know, uh, I just, I loved everything that I heard. And that's why I continue to come back to this this great meeting, um, you know, and I go to others also. But, you know, I tend to forget, you know, over time uh, what it was like. And I'm so glad that I get reminded on a daily basis, you know, what my life was like. And someone had shared and I just was like, it kind of took my breath away. It was like they they went to the store and and on the weekend and they bought all this food and they sat down and watched a movie and they watched someone else's life. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, I was through my, you know, as I'm trying to work, I'm like gasping here, you know, because that's what my life was like, you know, in the food or uh, restricting from it. You know, my life was so very small, you know, and, uh, and today, you know, I tend to go, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm doing all this. Oh my goodness. When am I going to have some time for myself? And thank you, God, I have a life today. I suit up and I show up, you know, I go to meetings, I help others, you know, bottom line is I, I don't ingest my alcoholic foods or beverages, you know, because I'm one of them also. And I have a life beyond my wildest dreams and it's no, and nobody, and I'm not blowing smoke. I always said this, and I do still say this. I used to think people were blowing smoke. They have a life beyond their wildest dreams. Yes, yeah, sure. Well, today I do. And what a gift. You know, but bottom line is it's one day at a time. And if I don't continue to do this thing today as I did it yesterday and tomorrow, I won't have this life. You know, and because and I've just I've, – I've seen so many people that have done have you know been back into the disease, and gratefully some come back, but I know some that have not, you know. And I'm so grateful, you know. Just I can't say enough how grateful I am for for my God and for you all. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina S. Irini M. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Um, good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. You know, it's amazing how much pain I was in when I was in the food, and food had a hold on me. And yet, I kept on going back over and over again, stuffing my feelings, and at the same time, trying to figure out how to stop. I was really drowning in so much pain and misery. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair was a result. It was a result of how I used to live, which describes my behaviors, my character defects. Showed, it showed up uh, in the bedevilments on page 52. You know, I was having trouble with relationships. I created and rode my own emotional roller coaster, and then I brought everybody with me. Fear had a hold on me. And I needed to stop feeding the horsemen. I needed to starve them so I no longer would have a spiritual malady, which, which means being blocked off by God. I turned my will and my life over to the care of God to really understand what that means. Who is my God and what can he do for me that I could not do for myself? We're all blessed with the gifts of honesty, hope, faith, courage, 
integrity, willingness, humility, self-discipline, love, perseverance, spiritual awareness, and service. These are the 12 principles that I cherish. This is a result of going through the steps and living in the promises on page 83. Thank you, God. I had a choice to no longer reflect the four horsemen and the eight bedevilments in my life, to replace them with these 12 principles. It's recovering. Yes, recovering from a seemingly state of mind and body. Yes, the food's down, and I'm in a position of neutrality, but it's not just about being abstinent. There's a destination there. For me, it's about having a connection with God and what kind of connection I, and I have, what kind of connection I have and keep having. There's no destination there. It's just going deeper and deeper into this connection. And this connection measures how I show up in the world. It reflects how deeply or not I'm connected with God. And love and tolerance is my code of conduct. Thank you, God. Love and service is my foundation that I stand on. You know, years ago, I was inspired to write a song. God has a hold on me. Love has a hold on me. And and I'm not even a musician. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini M. Uh, Nancy P. texted me she has to pass. So next is Deborah S. If you're available, Deborah. Hey, good morning, Rebecca. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, I read this paragraph, and I'm listening to all of you speak, and I'm just so grateful um, that... I finally have a name of what was going on with me all the years that I was eating, you know, the feelings that I was feeling, I didn't know, you know, yeah, I, I, I locked myself in my room and I covered my blanket, myself with the blanket. and I didn't want to deal with stuff that was going on. You know, that was my way of, of blocking everybody and the loneliness that I felt and not feeling part of it because, you know, I felt so uncomfortable in my body, but the feelings that I was stuffing away, here. I was afraid and wondering and frustrated and full of despair and of course anger. And uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, And the only way that I knew what to do was, of course, was to eat and to get drunk on food. Um, So fast forward, thank you, God. Um, You know, it's 21 years that I'm in this program. And thank you, God. You know, the feelings still still come up, you know, because Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm human, and, and we deal with our feelings. But today, because I'm not eating, I'm abstinent. Thank you, God, a day at a time. And I have this program and the steps and the fellowship that I could reach out to, and I could put a name to my feelings and to my character defects and to what's going on today, and I could turn my life and my will over to the care of my higher power. And who would think that I wake up earlier in the morning just to pray to that God. And who would think that I go through the day just looking to see, you know, you know, to ask God how I can be of service and what is it that he wants from me and that I practice patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. I don't know. I didn't come into this program for that. I, I didn't 
but here I get, this is the gift. And these are the, that's the vision that I get today is from this chapter, the title is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm striving to live like that today because it was blasting on my, you know, on my agenda was to do any of this stuff because I thought I was doing it already, honestly, you know, in my state of, of, uh, drunkenness in the food, I thought I was doing, you know, um, but I woke up a little bit and, um, had some kind of awakening that showed me that just, you know, had to go a little bit further. Just getting abstinent was not enough because honestly, that's what I thought it would be about. Just help me lose this weight and I'll be fine. But here I am still today, more many years later, striving to be the best I can, seeking God's will and um, working these steps a day at a time. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity every single day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca and everyone. Thank you, Deborah S. We actually have time for one more person to share on this second paragraph on 151. Who would like that? Terry J. Terry J, is it? Was it Terry J? Terry J. Yes. The floor is yours. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, uh, vision, a vision for you fellows. My name is Terry J in Michigan, and I am uh, abstinent for today. Grateful to be a part of this. I would like to apologize, first of all, to Team Tuesday. Time just got away from me. I've been up since early enough to have been on the line, and I do apologize for missing my assignment this morning as one of the readers. I'm grateful, though, that I did get on the meeting, and um, not that I wouldn't have got on. I just got on a little late, and what I've heard and how I can identify with so much that has been shared today about the recovery process and about how, you know, just being in that real dark place that in the past I wouldn't, I would have just called and tried to make some excuse for not, you know, fulfilling my assignment. But today I know that my um, sickness, if I do that with this disease, if I'm not honest in every area of my life, I'm putting my sobriety at risk. I'm putting my program at risk. So it's, it, it was a, um, a, a temp step, so to speak, you know, promptly admitting where I was wrong and, and admitting it to those that, you know, that I wronged by not being here for my assignment and not beating myself up at the same time and really learning now that we do love each other. We do care about each other. Once we begin to work the steps and God begins to make those changes in our lives that, you know, when we become entirely ready for God to remove these defects of character and humbly ask him to uh, remove our shortcomings, it just makes such a change uh, in my life. It has made such a change because God is changing me because I'm surrendering, you know, every day. I'm surrendering. I can identify with everything, like I said, that's been shared, the times when, you know, I just couldn't wait till Friday evening to go get all my the same thing somebody else has already shared without having to repeat it. And that tells me that we are really not so different. We just may have different ways that we find ourselves here in this process, but at the core, we are compulsive overeaters with a disease that can, however, be arrested. And I'm grateful that there is 
the arresting period. And again, I'm asking for today. I thank God I'm working towards the God of my understanding, you know, to being recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Terry J. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, December 30th. No, I'm sorry. My computer wasn't working right. Today is um, Tuesday, December 7th. Uh, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 18,199. That's 18199. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Kathy S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. To the end of the page. Thanks, Rebecca. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.